James chapter 4, and we'll begin with verse 6. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Then down in verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So humility is something that we have to choose. It's something we do. He said, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So we choose to humble ourselves, and when we do, God says he will lift us up. Now, in the spirit, you've been raised up and seated together with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named in this world, but also in the world to come. But we can also, in our daily experience, uh, experience uh, being uh, in a high place where we are not ruled by this world nor the circumstances of this world that endeavor to constrict or restrict our lives, thank God, we can live on a high level in Christ. Amen? And so he said, by humility, we're lifted up. Now, in verse 6 again, he says he gives more grace. He resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. He gives favor and grace and blessing to the humble. So certainly we don't want to be resisted by God. We want to be received and we want to uh, be graced by God. We want to be blessed by God. So in order to walk in his blessing, we must also walk in humility. So he says he gives more grace to the humble. Verse 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. Because you want uh, his grace on your life, you want his blessing on your life, you want his favor on your life, so therefore submit yourselves to God. So again, we have something to do with submission, don't we? Uh, it's a choice we make. We choose to submit ourselves. Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So there's a connection between uh, your ability to resist the devil and your submission to God. The Lord said it to me this way, your ability to resist is directly related to your ability to submit. So your submission causes you to be able to live in a place of authority and resist the devil. So we've been teaching on our authority in Christ, but we want to experience it in daily life. We want to uh, live in that place of authority and exercise our authority effectively. So one of the keys is to humble ourselves and submit ourselves to God. So your ability to resist the devil is directly related to your ability to submit to God. And we can choose to submit. We can choose to humble ourselves. So first of all, we're called to submit ourselves to God. He says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Submit yourself to the Father. Submit yourself to the Son, the Lord Jesus. Submit yourself to the Holy Spirit and His direction in your life. But then secondly, we are to submit ourselves to the Word of God. Because uh, to submit yourselves effectively to God, 
uh, then you're going to have to submit to his word because that's the primary way you determine whether or not you are truly submitted to God is that you look to the Word of God and see what He has said in His Word and what He's commanded and what He's instructed and directed. And so if we're following His direction, His instruction, His commands, if we're following that, then we are submitted to the Father. We're submitted to God. So submit yourselves to the Word of God. Now let's turn over, if you will, please, uh, to Hebrews Hebrews 13 and verse 7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. So he tells us to remember those that have the rule over us. And Amplified Bible says, Your leaders and superiors in authority. Those who are set to rule or to lead or to guide uh, other, actually, the margin of my Bible says those who are your guides, uh, those who are there set to lead you. Well, a pastor is set to rule in the church of God. We know from Timothy, he's set to lead, to guide, and to direct the uh, church and uh, the people of God, and people are referred to as sheep in the Scripture. And so he says, remember those which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you what? The Word, the Word of God. So a pastor is to teach you the Word of God, whose faith follow. So you follow their faith, considering what? The end of their conversation, or uh, conversation is used in the King James uh, many times for uh, their manner of life, or the way they live. So in order to follow a pastor, you want uh, them to have a godly lifestyle. You want them to have a lifestyle of faith in God and following the Word, following God themselves. Uh, how can uh, a pastor lead if he doesn't follow God first? Uh, if, if you're going to be in authority, you're going to have to be under authority. In fact, uh, to be effective in authority, you need to be under authority. Not only under authority to God, but those who are over you in the Lord. And so... Uh, he says, follow them considering the end of their manner of life. Consider the way they live. Now, no pastor is perfect, and I don't claim to be perfect, but I live a godly life. And I choose to follow Jesus and follow the Word and love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and do my best to serve God with everything that's in me. And any pastor that's going to lead needs to do the same. Amen? Now then, if you'll look down to verse 17. He says, obey them that have the rule over you. Now, then he gets a little stronger, doesn't he? Not only does he say, remember them in verse 7 that have the rule over you, but he says, obey them that have the rule over you. Obey them that have the rule. And again, that word rule there in the Amplified, your superiors in authority. Those who are your leaders and superiors in authority. Uh, again, the margin of my Bible says are your guides. So they're there to lead you and guide you in the will of God and in the plan of God. So he says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. So now we've seen that we are first of all to submit to God, correct? We're to submit secondly to his word or to the word of God. Then thirdly, we are to submit to those who are in authority or spiritual authority. Submit yourselves 
to a spiritual authority in your life because it's for your good, it's for your protection, it's for your blessing. Praise God. It's not for a curse, it's for blessing. So he says, submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. They watch for your souls. Now, the Holy Spirit, part of my, uh, my place as a pastor is to watch. Actually, the word bishop means overseer. It means uh, to watch over, to give oversight. And so part of a, a bishop or a pastor is to give oversight and spiritual oversight to uh, the church and to the body of Christ. Now then, we won't get into all the factors there. And, of course, we understand that different terms and different uh, denominations are used. And uh, so we're not going to get into all of those different factors this morning. He says, submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account. In other words, I, as a pastor, as an overseer, must give account to God. As those that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. So my, my desire is to give account for your life with joy. Hallelujah. Uh, that I can say to the Father, I believe that they're serving God with her heart. Now, I don't believe you're perfect no more than uh, I'm perfect or anybody else is perfect in everything. But, you know, God looks on the heart. You know, when a person is desiring to serve him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, even though they haven't gained perfection in every area of their life because we're all at different levels of growth and spiritual maturity, and uh, so we don't judge each other uh, by ourselves. Hallelujah. We don't gauge their spiritual maturity by our spiritual maturity. Uh, we don't compare ourselves among ourselves because in doing so, we're not wise. Amen. Jesus is our ult ultimate. And yes, pastors can be examples and, and, and other leaders in the church can be examples. And the scripture teaches us to be examples. But uh, on, on the other hand, we need to understand that Jesus is the primary example. And we're all striving to be like him. Our goal is to be like him, is to please the Father and, you know, to be conformed into the image of the Son of God and to grow up into him in all things, who is the head, even Christ. So our goal is to grow up into Christ and see him as our example. And then if someone disappoints you, thank God you don't quit. Amen. If somebody didn't meet up to your expectation. Certainly, as a pastor, I've been disappointed. I've been disappointed by those who were in leadership. I saw their action. I didn't appreciate what they did because I didn't see it as in line with the Bible. Certainly, I've been disappointed in people because they didn't uh, serve the Lord. You thought that they were uh, more mature than they were. I've been disappointed, but I'm not going to live in disappointment. I'm going to believe that God can work in those that are uh, higher positions in, in the body of Christ and that they can overcome their situations and their, and their lack of maturity. They can grow up in God, and I believe that those under me in the Lord, that they can grow in God, and they're going to grow up into maturity. In other words, love. Love believes the best of everyone, and love believes in people when they don't always perform. Praise God. And so you got to believe in people and believe that God can grow them up. 
So don't, don't be disappointed and don't get so disheartened that you quit on God or you stop believing in people. You got to believe in people if you're going to believe in God because God believes in people. And if you don't love those that you do see, how are you going to love God that you don't see? Well, that's what the Scripture says. So you got to love people because God loves people, and he believes in people. He obviously did. He so believed in people that he invested his only begotten son. He so loved the world that he invested his son. He gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. So obviously God believes in people. He invested the best thing he had, his son. So we, as Christians, believe in one another. Believe that God can grow them. Hallelujah. And the grace of God is on their lives. So we want to, we want to have joy in the body of Christ. So one of the ways that we can rejoice is that we are submitted to God. We're submitted to the Word of God. We're submitted to those who are in spiritual authority. Hallelujah. Submission's not a bad word. It's a good word. It brings blessing to your life. It doesn't bring a curse. It brings blessing. So if we see the value of it and see how it brings blessing, then we want to do it. You know, people are motivated by good things. People are motivated by good, good things happening in their lives. And certainly... Any good-hearted good, good or good-minded person would, would be motivated by good things. You would think. Hallelujah. I think we're that intelligent, right? Everybody tap your neighbor and say, good things motivate me. Hallelujah. I'm talking about all kinds of good things. Spiritual blessings. Emotional blessings. Mental blessings. Physical blessings, financial blessings, relationship blessings, all kinds of blessings come out of doing what the Scripture tells us to do. Hallelujah. So be submitted to your pastor and be submitted uh, to those over you in the Lord. Be submitted to spiritual leaders, other pastors in this local church, and be submitted to those who are in uh, department heads and spiritual leaders in the body of Christ. They may not be perfect, but if think about if you were in that position, would you be perfect? Oh, certainly not. We know better than that, don't we? But you believe in them, just like they believe in you and others believe in you. We believe in one another. Praise God. And Paul said it this way, follow me as I follow Christ. If they're following Jesus in any way, anybody, you can pick them apart. All you got to do is get close enough to see. Amen. There's nobody I couldn't pick apart if I chose to do so. You can pick at their character, pick at their life, pick at their, uh, their actions. You can pick at them. But if, it was my, if, if that's what I did with you all the time, you wouldn't want to come here. If I was... If I just check out what your problem is and that be my sermon next week, then I'd call your name, say, I'm talking about so-and-so over there. It wouldn't take you long to find a new pastor, would it? Certainly not. Because 
You don't want to be picked at. You want to be edified. You want to be encouraged that you can win in life. You can, you can whip that situation. You can overcome that situation. You can beat it, praise God. It may have beat you before, but you're going to come up fighting, praise God. It may have seemed like you lost the battle, but it isn't over till we win. Glory to God. You can get up again. I said you can get up again. You're created to win. Be submitted to those who are leadership in the body of Christ and in the local church, and it'll bring blessing. See, submission has a lot to do with your attitude. Praise the Lord. Submission is an act, but it's also, submission is also an attitude. If you'll submit as an act, you'll find that your attitude is adjustable. If you'll choose to do what is right according to Scripture, and you'll act on the Word even when you don't feel like it, even when your emotions are running the other direction, even when you don't think that's right, even when you think, well, I don't think it ought to be done that way. Well, when you get in charge... Praise the Lord. You know, this isn't Burger King, you know. <laughs> Glory to God. You can have it your way. No. This is God's kingdom. We're going to have it Yahweh, His way. <laughs> Glory to God. We're going to have it God's way. But understand, there's a lot of different methods and a lot of different ideas, and it's not always going to be what you think. But if you're submitted, then your ideas and your thoughts can be communicated in a respectful way, and it then will be received because it was communicated in a respectful way to the person over you, and really you had some good ideas. But when you're in a submitted attitude and have a submissive spirit, then it's easy to be entreated. It's easy for you to communicate. But when you're just critical, certainly you're not that way, but, you know, you've probably heard some that were. <laughs> Somebody probably expressed an opinion to you in a critical manner, and you just immediately shut it down and said, well, you know, we're just believing the best. We're just going to love those who are in leadership. We're going to believe that uh, they're praying and seeking God and doing their best. And we're just going to pray for them. And we're going to believe God. And then uh, we're going to walk in love. Hallelujah. And uh, they just quit talking about that negative idea. Hallelujah. So it's really a lot in the way you communicate it. It's not always what you say. It's uh, the way you say it. Now I'm preaching real good for a young man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody say, God's helping us. In the relationships in the body of Christ, it's important to respect authority, just like it's important to respect authority in the world that you live in. Praise God. Turn over with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. So Peter here, being an elder, he used his, 
his office. He said, I'm an elder. So uh, Peter, as an elder in the body of Christ, he said, I, the elders which are among you I exhort who am also an elder. So Peter said, I'm an elder, and I'm exhorting the elders. And I'm a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. So he said to the elders, take the oversight. Now, there are different terms used in Scripture. Pastor is used. Elders are used. Bishop is used. And in every case, they are to oversee, give oversight. Now then, he says, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre or dishonest gain, but of a ready mind. So not only did he tell them to feed the flock of God, but he also told them what motivation or attitude with which they, they were to do it. So not only does God teach those under authority what their attitude should be, an attitude of submission, but he also teaches those who are in authority what their attitude should be. So he says, when you're feeding the flock of God and overseeing the, the body of Christ or the church, he said, do, do it willingly. Do it uh, not for dishonest gain, or, uh, but, and do it of a ready mind. He says, feed the flock of God. Now, in the way the Lord said it to me, uh, and this phrase comes to me often, uh, he says, teach my people what I've taught you. You know, I can't teach you what I don't know. And if I don't know, I'll tell you so. If I don't have a good answer and you ask me a, a question concerning the Bible and I don't have a good answer and I don't have a clear uh, understanding of that particular thing, I'll just say, I'm not sure. I don't know. Praise the Lord. What's wrong with that? Do you know everything? People get in trouble trying to answer questions they don't know. Amen. Amen. They're confused, and then they confuse somebody else. But you're not confused if you don't know. You're confused when you try to act like you know when you don't know. That's confusion. But a lack of knowledge can be corrected. When you don't know, you can look and find out what God's Word says, and you can come to know. You can come to an understanding. But the Lord said, teach my people what I've taught you. And then another phrase the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you'll teach my people, I'll teach you. God values his people. And so it's real important to me that I'm saying what he said, that I'm communicating from Scripture. I'm not just communicating some philosophy. It may be from somewhere else. It may not be what God said. Well, if I'm teaching from the Word and I'm giving you what the Scripture says and then I'm giving you based on the revelation that God has shared with me regarding that Scripture, then I'm teaching you what God's taught me. And he said, if I'll teach you or teach uh, his people, that he would teach me. In other words, if I'm communicating the Word, then I'm continuing learning myself. The Holy Spirit is helping me to know what I don't know. So I'm growing in grace while you're growing in grace. 
I'm growing in knowledge, as Peter says, while you're growing in knowledge. So God wants us to grow up into Christ. Uh, He doesn't want the body of Christ to be ignorant. He doesn't want us to just think we know something. He wants us to know from the Bible, know what the Scripture says, so that we can be sure we are submitting to God, we're submitting to the Word, and we're submitting to those who are in authority because that's what the Scripture taught us. Correct? So he said, feed the flock of God, taking the oversight. Verse 3 says, neither as being lords over God's heritage. Uh, The margin of my Bible says overruling. Neither is being lords over God's heritage. So we see that in in Hebrews that uh, the shepherds were to be submitted to. Those who were given a place of rulership or authority were to be submitted to. But then here he tells the shepherds not to overrule or to dominate people's lives. I don't want to control people's lives. I do good to control my own. Amen. And you as well. We're not, we don't have authority to control other people's lives. God never in any place in Scripture gives us authority to control people. Doesn't give you authority to control your wife or your husband. Do you understand what I mean? See, a wife is told to submit to her husband as unto the Lord. But the husband is told to love his wife as Christ loves the church. That makes a pretty good combination. We're told to submit to God. We know he loves us, right? We're told to submit to him. Well, the same is true when it comes to submitting to spiritual leadership. You want to know that they love you. You want to know that they care about your soul. They're watching over your soul. So he says, not as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. The flock referring to sheep. You're referred to as, a, as, as sheep, and, and I'm referred to as a pastor, as a shepherd. Another word that's used in Scripture. A pastor is a shepherd. And so a shepherd leads the flock. A shepherd uh, guides the flock, and the shepherd leads them to food. Now, the shepherd doesn't eat for them. The shepherd leads them to the food, provides the food for them. Then the sheep have to eat. So I can give you the word, but then you have to meditate upon those things and take it home and digest it and let it become a part of your life. And then it produces life and faith and energy and strength and wisdom and healing and joy and peace and everything you need in life. The word will bring life to you. Glory to God. Verse 4 says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive the crown of glory that fadeth not away. That's my goal. Praise God. When he shows up, Jesus is the chief shepherd. I'm not the chief shepherd. Jesus is the chief shepherd. He's the shepherd and bishop of our souls. Every one of us. Amen. But then he provides under shepherds uh, such as myself and other pastors uh, that are shepherds over the flock. When he appears, you'll receive a crown of glory that fades not away. Praise God. That's what I'm working for. That's what I'm, in, that's what I'm giving my life for. I'm, I, I'm serving Jesus, first of all. I've submitted my life to God, first of all. And if we'll submit first to God, submit to his word, praise God, and then submit to leadership. Now, we don't submit to leadership outside of the Bible. 
And a good leader is, is not going to lead you outside of the Bible. And he's not going to ask you or require of you to follow something outside of the Bible or outside of Scripture. Again, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, that's pretty safe. Amen. The Bereans, it says that they searched the Scriptures to see whether these things were so. It's appropriate for you to look and see if what I'm telling you is true. Am I teaching you from the Word? That's why I turn to Scripture. That's why I like to open the Bible. I, I like for you to look and see that it's right there in the Scripture. That's what God said. And if it's what God said, then that's what you can build your life on. You can build your life on God. You can build your life on the Word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Verse 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. So the younger to submit themselves to the elder. Now that's elder in age, but then also there are times when there are spiritual leaders in the body of Christ that are mature enough to lead other people who may be older. In my case, as a young man, I taught uh, uh, in my church. I taught uh, the senior class. Praise God. Why was that? Because I was a student of the Word. I studied the Word. I searched the Scriptures. So I was given a place to be able to instruct others. It wasn't that I, I, I knew everything, and there were many things that they knew that I didn't know, but I had enough maturity that I was able to instruct people in the Word. When I started uh, this church, my wife and I, I was 25 and she was 21. Well, you know we're young. But God gave us a place of authority. God set us in this church. God set us. And, and, and so, therefore, we had the uh, authority to lead the flock of God. A lot of growing had to take place, certainly, in my life, in my wife. We had to grow just like the people had to grow. But nevertheless, sometimes God gives a place of authority to someone who is spiritually mature and gifted and called to lead people that are older than they are. That's why Paul said to Timothy, don't despise your youth. Praise God. That's why, uh, you know, he had to be encouraged as a young minister. Why? Because sometimes uh, maybe someone will try to intimidate you. Try to intimidate you with their knowledge of Scripture. I've had people come to me and say, you know, uh, what I said wasn't right. Well, I'm, I'm willing to be corrected. I, you know, sometimes I didn't know. They said something that was informative to me. So I took it. Praise God. Doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm seeking to know the Bible myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can't say I know it all. Anybody that does, I can tell you right off, they don't. Amen. Anybody that says they know it all, they don't know it all uh, because there's more revelation available in this scripture. I mean, you can read a verse a thousand times and still see something else. The, uh, the thousand and one time, you can see something new and fresh and alive, praise God, because this book is so full and it has so much depth that you'll be seeing this for eternity, praise God. Glory to Jesus. It's the truth of God. So he says, younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. 
So first we saw, submit yourself to God. Secondly, to the Word of God. Thirdly, submit yourself to spiritual authority. But here he says, submit yourselves one to another. You know, this would solve tremendous problems in the body of Christ. Amazing problems. I mean, things that have been built up and they look like a mountain and really they're not even a molehill. If we would have submissive attitudes, if we wouldn't uh, uh, choose to be argumentative, choose to debate every little issue. Come on. I'm not against debate. A little bit of debate's healthy. Just too much becomes unhealthy. Praise the Lord. Because it becomes critical rather than instructive. And so here, he says, submit to one another. Submit yourselves one to another. So all of us are to be subject to one another. Have a submitted attitude. Be submitted in relationships. If we, you know, one of the saddest things is that you could be a great leader and have no friends. And I've, I've heard it said, after the tragic, after the fall, after the negative things have occurred. And, and people say, well, you know, I didn't really have anybody I could talk to. Well, that's sad. And sometimes people in leadership are afraid to talk to somebody. Why? Because they might expose them. Well, any good person would help them, help them to overcome it, help them to uh, uh, grow and develop so that uh, they come to a place of maturity that they can lead effectively. They can overcome their obstacles. Now, leaders have obstacles just like people do. Leadership in the church on every level. We have all kinds of leadership in this church. We have department heads. We have people that are leading other people. And none of them have gained perfection. We're striving we're growing. We have adjustments to make. We have uh, things to, uh, to do in our lives to be better at being a Christian, at serving God and serving the kingdom of God. So we have to make allowances for one another, just like God has made allowances for you and given grace for you. You need to give some grace for somebody else. Praise the Lord. So he says, Subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Oh, think about it. See, humility, you know, we're, we're instructed to uh, restore people with a spirit of meekness. Considering ourselves, the scripture says, lest we also be tempted. So, humility says, but for the grace of God... I could be in their position. Do you understand that? There's no one so spiritually mature that they couldn't be ensnared or trapped because they got too, uh, too busy or they got so overtaxed or they uh, were doing things and got involved with people in relationships and somehow they got influence. Listen, if you don't guard yourself and you don't guard your soul and guard your mind and guard your attitudes, you can fall just like anybody else. Anyone is subject to being tempted. It's what you do with it that makes the difference. Praise God. So you don't want to be too judgmental about others. 
You want to have a humble spirit and a humble attitude. Restore people with a spirit of meekness. Now, that doesn't mean you don't tell them the truth. Because if you don't tell people the truth, they'll go on their way and they'll live, live their whole life in deception. He says, for God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Well, he said that through James, didn't he? He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So we ought to clothe ourselves with humility in all of our relationships. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Again, we have to humble ourselves. And when we humble ourselves, God exalts us. Well, sounds like a pretty good outcome, doesn't it? Sounds like a good, uh, a good uh, uh, experience in your life. You're going to get exalted when you humble yourself. So he didn't say exalt yourself and you'll be in your place. No, God will put you in your place. He said he will exalt you in due time. See, he knows what time it is in your life. He knows the season of your life. He knows when you're to move up. Sometimes people get anxious about moving up. And they want to move up on their own. Anytime your desire to move up causes you to rebel against authority, it's not the Holy Ghost. Anytime your desire to move up causes you to have a rebellious attitude, it's not the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, I didn't say you might have to deal with some of those things and resist them. Hallelujah. No, you just have to have a, a right attitude in your moving up. Because when you move up, you don't step on others in the process. He says, verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Then he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because be of a sober mind. Actually, Amplified says, be well-balanced, temperate, sober-minded. Well-balanced. You know, we have to balance our life. And many times we get out of balance, and then we find out we get in trouble because of it. Temperate. Have some self-control. Be sober-minded. Be vigilant. Cautious at all times. Always live with some caution in your life. Not so cautious that you won't do anything, but guard, put a guard over your mind and guard your heart and your mind concerning the things of this world and concerning the flesh and concerning the devil and concerning relationships in the body of Christ. Don't allow attitudes, negative attitudes, because really it's an open door for the devil. He says, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, like as a roaring lion, walking about, he's seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for an open door. 
Remember Ephesians chapter 4 says, neither give place to the devil. Don't give any place to the devil. He said, be angry and sin not. Don't give place to the devil. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. In other words, everybody's going through temptations. But you have to resist, be be aware that there's a devil, and be cautious, and guard your mind from attitudes. Guard your mind from attitudes toward God, toward His Word, toward spiritual authority, toward other members of the body of Christ, because the devil is after you. He's trying to get in to divide you from the body, trying to get in to separate you from relationships, separate you from authority, separate you from God, separate you from the Word. So you guard your heart and guard your mind. Resist the devil steadfast, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that you have suffered a while, Amplified says a little while, not a long while, a little while. After that you have suffered a little while, make you perfect. Oh, hallelujah, we're not perfect, but he's perfecting us. And in that area of your life, he's perfecting you. Established, strengthened, and settled. Praise God forever. Established, settled, strengthened, perfected. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. So it works. Somebody say it works. Praise God forever in Jesus' name. So we've just got to be doers of the word and not hearers only, but be a doer of the word. The Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, you can call on Jesus. You can call on him for your salvation. Salvation is a gift. It's not something you have to work for or you have to earn by your own merits. It's something that you receive by simple faith in the fact that Jesus died for your sin and that God raised him again from the dead. Just pray this simple prayer right now and call on the name of Jesus. Say, Dear God, I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died for my sin, and that You raised Him again from the dead. I confess You, Jesus, as the Lord of my life. I receive You as my Lord and my Savior. Friend, if you prayed that prayer today, you are saved. You're a child of God. God is your Father, and He has a great plan for your future. Give us a call today at the number on your screen. We want to send you a book free of charge with no obligation on your part. It's our desire to be a help to you in your spiritual life. And we believe the best years of your life are ahead. Do your prayers go unanswered? Do you feel disconnected from God? Pastor David Sheeran's Steps to Answered Prayer can help you better understand how to pray more effectively. This 4-DVD or CD set will help you reconnect with God through prayer and provide the steps to get your prayers answered. Buy now Steps to Answered Prayer for a gift of $24 for the CD set or $32 for the DVD set. You can order this product by calling 866-700-WORD or contacting us online at wordoflifelasvegas.com. Order now and see your prayers answered.